Hey, hello everyone. This is episode five of Ultra Melodic Podcast. And today we will be doing our third artist of the week. And it is on Ariana Grande, just in time for her new marriage, which we are very happy about. So congratulations to Ariana on that. But anyways, just right before we get started with diving into her albums, we're just going to say a little bit of our background, how we got into her, how we discovered her and all that. So how about you, Venetia? So I've listened to her music from the beginning. Um, I first heard her on The Way. Actually, probably her very first song, Put Your Hearts Up. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've known um, about her and her music uh, ever since she started, um, but I really got more interested in her um, starting with My Everything and then more so with Dangerous Women's, and I've been a pretty big fan since Dangerous Woman, so she's one of my favorite top five artists of all time, um, and I love listening to her music a lot, and I am very happy that she got married recently and they seem to have a very lovely relationship so I wish the best for her um yeah I first discovered her with the way that was the first song that was kind of big it was a hit for her that came out but I didn't really um know too much about her she was kind of just there for me until the my everything era so problem came out of nowhere it was like really huge um, it just came out like with big sales in its first week and stuff. And then she had a lot of hits in that era. So she definitely kind of became somewhat of a household name. And then ever since Dangerous Woman, you know, um, I've been listening to her music in high school. I listened to like a lot of her albums. She was one of the main artists I listened to. But I still wouldn't say that I'm an Arianator just yet for reasons that maybe I'll say later on. But I feel like I, I'm still waiting on like one album that's like amazing for me or like in my favorites of all time. But that's the only reason why. But um, we'll dive into that very soon. So starting with her debut album, Yours Truly, released in 2013. Venetia, what are your thoughts on it? Um, so this one went number one. Um, and I'd like to point out that Ariana Grande was not an unknown name when she entered the music industry. She was actually fairly well known because of her roles in uh, Victorious and in Salmon Cat. So I feel like I feel like a lot of people sometimes do forget that she didn't just enter the industry unknowingly. We kind of already knew who she was. But I don't want to. That isn't taking away from her talent, though. That is just something that needs to be mentioned. But um. Overall, I think this was a very good start for her. I think it showcased just what she was going to be doing and what she was going to be bringing to the industry, which is basically a pop star, but with a little bit of an R&B sound thrown into the mix, um, and not to mention her impressive vocals. So she's she is known for her vocals, and she has shown that from day one, that this is what she will be marketing. This is who she is. She is the vocalist of probably, quote-unquote, the newer uh, the newer artist. Um, this album showcased a lot of her higher register. Um, a, a lot of her earlier music tended to do that, which which is great because a lot of artists can't reach as low as high levels as as her. So it's definitely a unique aspect of her and her sound. Some notable tracks in this album: Honeymoon Avenue, Baby I, The Way, Tattooed Heart. Just a few that I thought were pretty impressive um some negatives though the album ends terribly 
you know, you've got all these wonderful tracks, good tracks, good tracks, good tracks, and then it just drops off entirely with the last two songs. Popular song, I think, is her worst song ever. Um, I don't know what she was thinking with that one. And Better Left Unsaid is just kind of a a weird sound. It's a weird sound. It just didn't, I feel like it did a terrible job of closing the album. So like, when I'm listening to this album, I think, how do you go from a beautiful ballad, like Almost Is Never Enough? I mean, that's a beautiful song. That should have been a notable track. Almost Is Never Enough. Beautiful ballad. And then you go to the next song is popular song. And then the next song is better left unsaid. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And um, another thing is, I think it's her most childish album. You know, something younger kids would like. Uh, I don't really blame her for that, for starting at that point, just given the fact that at the time, younger kids were her main audience. Um, Her fans were the ones watching her on TV. But... um, I'm glad that she has matured with her sound, with her topics and everything as she's progressed throughout her career, though. I think this was a good start, but she has done much better since. Yeah, I agree with a lot of the things you said. I feel like yours truly is a little bit more mature than like a typical Nickelodeon star, but it's not it's not to the level of like a mature pop star, you know? So you can tell that she was a Nickelodeon not even that long ago in this album, honestly, just by the voice alone. And, you know, in retrospect, looking at this album, her vocals have improved majorly since here. You know, it was good on this album, but it wasn't technically as good. She didn't use her lower register as much. It's just so much higher, not necessarily in a good way, but um, I feel like this album, does have a lot of positive aspects to it. I feel like for a debut album, this isn't super necessarily messy. I do think it does at least try to keep the sounds a little bit together and have a a cohesive feel to it, which is good. But I do think there are just a lot of songs that aren't sonically good at all. You know, like you were saying, popular songs, just awful and, you know, there's a lot of songs on here, especially in the second half, like you were saying. I think this album starts out really strong. So Honeymoon Avenue is a great opener. Baby Eyes is a good song right there. Tattooed Heart's really good. But then after that, other than maybe The Way, like I feel like The Way is nostalgic for me, so maybe that's why I love it so much. But a lot of the songs on the second half of here aren't really that good. And how do I say this? There's not really much to write home about. There's nothing that makes this album stand out. We know a little bit about who she is, more so than a lot of artists like debuting now with their debut album. I don't know anything about them, but still there's something stylistically that's lacking here that makes you go, wow. So it's not that bad, but I think, I mean, I know she's done better, obviously. So it's just a classic case, kind of like Taylor Swift's original album of just a young album. So that's what I think about yours truly. Yeah, no, I com- I completely agree. The second half of the album just kind of really dropped off after the really strong first half. I think Honeymoon Avenue, in my opinion, is her best uh, opening song. But mm-hmm. So then now moving on to 2014's album, My Everything. This is her commercial breakout. You know, it had a lot of big hits. So what do you think about it? So this one also went number one. And as you said, it is her breakout album. This is the album that kind of made her a household name. Um, 
even more so, and especially in the music industry. Um, I think the singles here are some of the best choice, best choices that she's made for singles. I don't think Ariana Grande has, has made very many poor single choices, but I think this is one of the best sets of singles, especially when it comes to describing the album and sales, especially sales. These are not close to her best songs, though, so I'm not making the claim that they are anywhere near her best songs. But I will later when I'm I will later explain a little bit more about why I think the singles are some of the best choices. But I will say this. Um, it is one of her most fun and iconic and not iconic, nostalgic listens. It's a very nostalgic listen. You know, when I listen to this album, I think back to that time of when I was younger and I was I was a sophomore in high school when this came out. So, you know, it was a different time period. And I guess it was an iconic era. I mean, I remember everyone being so obsessed with how she fit on the stool on that cover. And I remember it being a trend. Like everyone was like, how did she, there's no way she fit on that stool. And people would attempt to like copy her. Really? And I thought, I'm sorry. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> it was it was a thing. It was a thing. People are like, how can she fit on that stool? Mm -hmm. It's just so funny. Um, so yeah, it was an iconic era, I think. Um, look, you know, looking back at it, some notable tracks on this album, One Last Time, Best Mistake, Only One and You Don't Know Me are both deluxe tracks, uh, Love Me Harder, Problem, and Break Free. Um, but of course, there's some negatives. So this la this album lacks cohesion. Of all of her albums, I think it's the least cohesive. There's nothing holding it together. It's just a series of songs, which is why I think the singles were great choices because each one describes a certain aspect of the chaos on this album. You know, um, "Bang Bang" was was a single, but it gets worse with every listen. Um, I actually liked it when it came out. And now seven years later, I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure why I liked it in the first place. Um, it just gets worse and worse and worse as I listen to it. Um, and somehow the deluxe tracks are better than most of the album, like 85% of the album, which I think is very disappointing that she, that she, that it took del deluxe tracks to be able to bring up the album. I think without those, it'd easily be her worst album. But because those are there, I'm like more inclined to say, because those two songs, um, Only One and You Don't Know Me are just so good that I'm like, it brings up the whole album, but they're deluxe tracks, so. Yeah, my everything. I call this album my featurings because there's eight people featured, or eight songs where people are featured on here out of 15. That's more than half of the album. And that's just crazy to me. Like, sure, we're, you know, we go into albums expecting like two to three features. Like, that's good. But eight features, especially for your second album, I feel like this album, the main problem here is it feels like a playlist of songs rather than a collective body of work. Even yours truly did a better job at having the, a body of work than this album. I feel like her record label at the time was realizing that she became somewhat big with yours truly, that they realized her potential for my everything to get even bigger. So I feel like they made just a big mix of songs here, put a lot of popular artists, and then hope that something would stick. 
and then go forth with that route. So I feel like there's a lot of experimentation on here just for commercial purposes, which doesn't always make for the best quality of an album. With that being said, I do think there are some good highs on here. I think One Last Time is still one of her best songs. I think Only One's great. Um, what else is there? Love Me Harder, Break Free. So like those were singles. Um, but, you know, the album tracks don't really have much to offer. And the features, we didn't really, like some of them are decent, but some of them just sound like the label forcing her to do this. So I feel like my everything, while there are some really good songs, I feel like the highs on this album might be higher than yours truly's. I don't think that this comes together as a good body of work. So that's my opinion. No, I, I completely agree. And and as you said, it does sound like a playlist of songs. I don't really know what's holding everything together. What's is there an overarching story? Is there a theme to this? What what is happening on this album? It just seems like it's a collection of songs that they threw together and they're like, here's an album. I agree with that. Um so moving on to 2016's Dangerous Woman, what do you think of this one? If you guys watched our 10 favorite albums one video, you'll know that um, this is my third favorite album of all time. It did not go number one. This is the only Ariana Grande album that did not debut at number one. Debuted at number two. Blocked by your fave. (laughs) I know. You know, I just, because it's Drake, I was okay with it. I was like, you know, it's fine. There's always a curse of like Drake blocking Ariana songs. Like he blocked No Tears Left to Cry from number one and like a ton of other stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think there was a video. Um, Astroworld came out around the same time as Sweetener, Sweetener. Yeah. right? And so there was a video of Ariana Grande's um, manager being like i think it's going to debut at one she's like you don't know what traps is going to pull <laughs> <laughs> and i thought that was so funny she thought travis might block her this time travis, blo- travis blocked nikki the week before so yeah exactly so she's like you don't know what travis is going to pull but <laughs> that okay we 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 digress but i thought that was funny um so yeah this is the only album of hers that didn't go number one which is sad but you know, whatever. Um, I call this her shaping album because this is the album where I think she started to become her own person and her own sound here, um, which is one of the positives I think of this album. She did she ditched the more childlike Nickelodeon appropriate pop, and she said she's going to be that dangerous woman. You know, she is going to embody that persona of a dangerous woman. Um, and I, and I love that. I, I love that she grew into herself. Like, this is, this be, this is Ariana Grande. This is who she is. This is what you're going to get from now on. Um, I think this was her, I think this was her best era. I think there is something about the bunny ear era that cannot be topped. I don't know what it is. I just, I loved it. The whole thing, everything about it was just incredible. Um, she changed the game with the side to side collab. I thought that was wonderful. And now her and Nikki collabs always do well. Mm-hmm. They, I, I love, I love hearing the two of them on a song. And it started with side. I will know it didn't start with side to side. 
I take that back. Yeah, it started with bang bang, but but side to side is what really pushed that forward. Um, Into You is pop perfection. I have said that once, I've said that 10 times. Into You is pop perfection. Dangerous Woman changed her image. I mean, there's there's so much change involved in such a good way on this album. She did so much here. I mean, there's a reason why some of the, the songs that I just listed are so popular. There's a reason why they they did so well in the general public and commercially. And I think this is her most accessible album. If I told someone who isn't really familiar with Ariana Grande's music, I would tell them to listen to this album first because I think it's got a little bit for everyone. You know, you want a beat, you got greedy, you got into you, you got touch it. You want something with a little bit of rap involved, side to side, every day, let me love you. You want a softer and a slower sound, maybe moonlight, I don't care, leave me lonely. You you want to listen to something that can be found in a medium range clothing store, be all right, bad decisions. Like you have a song for every sound. And I think that's another reason why this album is just so good. But of course, it's not a flawless album. And I wouldn't say that the writing here is the best. Um, and I don't think I'd find a difficulty. I don't, I don't think I'd have difficulty finding a song to take off of it. Uh, but like my heart would hurt taking off a song, like having to pick a song. Because I love the album so much. But I think, I, I think it'd be very easy for me to decide which song is weaker than the rest. And um, similar to My Everything, I think it's not as cohesive as some of her other works. I think has an overarching theme of being herself, shedding that Nickelodeon actress skin, but I think that's it. So, I mean, it does have that, you know, a little bit more than My Everything, but it's still not as cohesive as the works that have come later on. Yeah, Dangerous Woman, this is her first good album. That's just my opinion. Yours truly and my everything, they were okay, but they were a bit patchy. This, you can definitely just hear the difference. And as you look back on her discography, you notice that this was a turning point for her. I feel like I do agree with this album definitely shedding, completely leaving around, leaving behind that Nickelodeon, you know, Starlight. And I feel like I do remember that she was supposed to call this album Moonlight, and then she changed it to Dangerous Woman. I really like that decision because I think Dangerous Woman, as the album title, exemplifies her new persona, you know, what this is going to be like. And I really do think this album contains a lot of my favorite Ariana Grande songs. Like if I had to make a list of like my top 10, I feel like this album would have a lot in it. So Moonlight, this is probably my favorite opener by her. I think her vocals on that song are just so good. Um, what else is there? Into You, probably maybe my favorite Ariana Grande song, Pop Perfection, like you said, I'm not going to argue with anyone on that. It's been a bop since day one. Yes. It goes off. Also, there's Greedy, which is good. The key change is so, that song's so fun, but the key change is the best part for sure. Sometimes, which I think is very, very underrated. I think the lyrics, I don't know if she wrote this song, but whoever wrote it, the lyrics are very good on here. Um, Bad Decisions is a fun song. What else is there? New Better Forever Boy. This one doesn't ever get talked about, but I'm going to talk about it because I really like it. I think the production choices on this one are really cool. And I love when artists kind of like merge two songs. This kind of gives me like Justin Timberlake feels with his albums, you know, but I really <laughs> love the production on this one. So, um, and then, you know, she released the like new edition 
recently with like Step On Up and Jason Sykes. Mm-hmm. Step On Up's good. Although I do prefer the Blackout version would give me more, you know, because I think every single song with that instrumental is badass, but I digress. So this album definitely has a lot of highlights for me. And that's something I can't say about her first two albums. And I really do think that even though this album isn't as cohesive as you were saying, because it, it really isn't too cohesive, like it has a lot of styles, I somehow I think it there's a sound that ties it together that I can't describe. So like if I heard a song that like Ariana did like after this, I feel like I could pinpoint it as like this song belongs in Dangerous Woman, which I think is a good thing. Like it shows that somewhere, somewhere in there, like it has an identity for itself. I don't think this album is perfect though. I think one of the main issues with this is it's not really that inspired. Like, I don't think we're gonna talk about Sweetener and Thank You Next later on, but this album does not measure up to being as inspired in that department, both lyrically and, you know, just the overall feeling of it. And I think that's something Ariana does best. And also, um, I just feel like, you know, the styles are kind of all over the place a little bit. So even if it has that overarching feel to it, I don't know. It's hard to say because some albums do get away with it and some don't. And I feel like this gets away with it for a lot of the songs, but some of the songs aren't as good. Like, I wouldn't say that a good chunk of these songs are like standouts in her discography. Like they're not, maybe they're not super below average, but I think they maybe are just average. Like if you put all her songs in a ranking. So that's my thoughts on Dangerous Woman. I think this is a good album. I was proud of her for making this and yeah. Yeah, no, um, I agree. I don't think very many are, are super standouts because I think those come from her later albums, which we will be discussing, but um yeah they're not bad you know they're very middle of the pack but I just really like it I don't know there's probably nostalgia involved in in that too yep so now we have 2018 sweetener her great but her grammy winning era and album so what do you think of that one Pharrell Williams produced (laughs) yes yes uh this one went number one and I think it's her quote-unquote experimental album and I think it's a very emotional piece coming after Manchester. We actually just passed the four-year anniversary uh, of it. And she did, of course, um, you know, talk about it and uh, honor the victims and all of that, which it's a big deal. Um, but as you said, for I'll produce it. And you can tell the production here is a huge step up. I mean, shout out to Pharrell. He did his thing. He put a lot of effort behind it and you can tell it was incredible. You know, each song has its own identity. Each song is differentiated from each other. And that only comes from an incredible producer like Pharrell. So truly incredible in that sense. And I think this is her best set of singles by far, oh, like by far, far, by far. Oh, for sure. Exactly. No, no tears left to cry, breathe in, God is a woman. How do you beat that? How do you beat that trio? Yeah. I mean, No Tears Left to Cry, so much meaning behind it. It was the first release after Manchester. It was her way of of moving forward from such a traumatic event happening. God is a Woman is her best song. I will make that claim right now. I will not argue with it. Like, argue with a wall. God is a Woman is her best song. From the lyrics to the vocals to the production to the meeting to the music video, everything about that song is a masterpiece. And I will not hear anyone 
say otherwise. That is, I very deeply believe that. Um, so I, yeah, the singles are incredible. Every song on here is is incredible in its own way. I just think the singles are just truly above and beyond. Um, I loved the album cover, actually. I really liked it. It was the first one in color, which I think was a huge contrast from what she had done before. It was very cute. I, I liked it. It was cute. Um, and I think it's safe to say that a lot of her best songs come off here. If I have to think of like best Ariana Grande songs, I could name quite a few that come off here. So some notable tracks for me are like No Tears Left to Cry, Breathe in God is a Woman, Good Night and Go, Every Time, R.E.M. Even Borderline is actually pretty good. And I feel like we need to talk about it more because it gets way too much hate. And I love Missy Elliott's part in it. Um, yeah, I love Borderline. I don't know why people don't like it. It's got a funky beat. Um, but I think this is her least accessible album. Um, I know when it first came out, people didn't really like it. It was not very well received by the public, you know, and it took time for a lot of people for it to grow on them. And now it's very much loved, enjoyed, respected, all of that. But when it came out, not so much, you know, and I think I think it is it is a little different than what we're used to from Ariana Grande which is probably why it took people more time, but I wouldn't, this isn't the album I would suggest people listen to first. This is something I would, you know, I would have people listen to other albums and then based on what they like, then I'd suggest Sweetener. Even though I think it's an incredible album by her, I just don't know if it's something that people would enjoy her on or her this work. I'm not sure if it's just the most enjoyable, so. Yeah, Sweetener, I think this is a great album. Um, there's just way too many uh, career highlights on here. Like you're saying, the singles, No Tears Left to Cry, God is Woman, Breathing, all so good. Easily her best single pack. I feel like this album has just so much of what we've been wanting for Ariana Grande so long, but she didn't do it with her first three albums. So I really like that she took some time. This was her longest break, I think. It was over two years, like two years and four months, I believe. And a lot of life changes happened within that time. So she came back and did this album, make, shedding light you know, on a situation that was rough for her on a time that was not the best for her. And I really think she did that well. So getting Pharrell on this thing was really good. Um, some of my highlights include R.E.M. I think this is a really good song. I like Pharrell's production on here. Uh, I just think it's so calming. And yeah, um, God is a Woman, obviously. Every time, I think we need to talk about this song. It's for sure one of the more mainstream ones on the album, but it's really catchy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just catchy. And I think the melodies are very, very rich on here. And the beat's very good. Breathe in ever since the first listen. This has like, been one of my favorites. I'm, I remember when this album came out, a lot of people did not like it. They're like, oh my God, this album's like different. I don't know about it. But Breathe In, and then Every Time, but more so Breathe In, those were the only songs that people liked. They're like, Breathe In saved the album. <laughs> so I feel like that's the one song that people have always been in agreement on, probably because it exemplifies more of that pop sound that's a bit accessible, but it does it in such a good way. It's a really good subject matter. And I really love the bridge with that guitar in the background. Like, mm -hmm. oh, that was such a good touch. So yeah, No Tears Left to Cry is great. Better Off, a really good one and emotional. I think that's like a ballad done right. And then Good Night and Go. I think uh, this one has like 
it's a cover like a little bit I think it's like halfway cover but not really but um mm. it's yeah no it like I think it samples like a song that it's like lyrics from a song but it's not okay. complete like they redid the production okay. so maybe someone can fact check me on that but this is a really good song too so I think that this album is very very good and necessary it deserved the Grammy especially over the candidates that year in my opinion but I do think that Oh my God, how do I say this? There's some sinkers. I'm just gonna be real here with everyone. There's some songs that are bottom tiered. Um, if I'm gonna have to spotlight them, The Light Is Coming, I think this song's awful. I'm sorry. I know all the Arianators are like, it's so good, you know, like how can you hate, you're just basic because you hate the song. It's like, not really. Like I've listened to a lot of music that incorporates samples like this one and you know, has a has a similar style but the sample on this thing you know samples can make or break a song but it totally broke the song like the guy screaming in the background is so so annoying and uh the production is just really really weird there's some i don't know what Rob was doing on that song he definitely hit he it definitely rem he uh that was a good a pr production by pharrell but light is coming was not in my opinion blazed I don't know. I feel like Blaze grew on me a little bit, but I still think it's kind of one of her worst songs. I feel like I know what Pharrell was trying to do with this one, but something was still off. I get the vibe of it, you know, but her vocals even on this song are kind of weird. The mixing, something was up with the mixing and mastering on Blaze because a lot of the harmonies were not anywhere near even Dangerous Woman's harmonies. And the way it transitions from raindrops is like very, very awkward like at least put a different opener, you know, like she has this beautiful opener and then the beginning, uh, the beginning part of Blaze plays, it's just like really weird to me. And then Borderline, I know you're saying you like Borderline, I don't because I think Missy Elliott on here, I was looking forward to hearing her verse is like 10 seconds long, which is really weird. I'm like, okay, when she added the song and you know, Pharrell, I know his production and stuff. He worked, you know, back in the mid 2000s with, uh, Gwen Stefani a lot. I feel like this just sounds like a Gwen Stefani B-side from the from 2005. Like it's really like you can go to Love Angel Music Baby by Gwen Stefani and find a song that's better than this in my opinion. So that was a little bit, I don't know. It's okay. But I feel like other than that, this album is great. If they cut those three songs, Sweetener would be her best album by far. Like literally, it would not be a debate. It already has an argument for maybe being her best now, but if they cut those sinkers and this would be your best album. So Sweetener overall, a really good album, just with a few missteps in my opinion, that kind of take it off a little bit from being like a perfect album, but yeah. No, um, I think you make very valid points. I think I just really like Borderline because like when she's like, once you taste enough ice cream, once you <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, there is something about that one line that <laughs> I like serotonin, like it's, so good it makes me so happy but i think you make very valid points the other songs you mentioned are i love nikki and ariana but i just think that wasn't that wasn't it but that's okay yeah i mean you know they've had so many good songs together that i guess they can sacrifice one <laughs> it's just like that it had to end up like that but yeah okay so now we got 2019's thank you next it came out only six months after sweetener so what do you think about this 
Oh my gosh, this one also went number one. And I was literally, the next thing I was going to say was this only came out six months after Sweetener. So imagine that turnaround. I mean, incredible, incredible turnaround. Um, And I think this is her best album. Um, That's that's my argument for it. Um, Clocking in at 12 tracks, I think this is her shortest album. But I think it's her most complete from start to finish. I don't think any song is like a stray away or a, a possible cut or or a skip. Um, I think each has a very important position <laughs> in the album. I wrote I wrote that down. I wrote position and I put asterisks around it. So I so I said it. So there's the joke. Um, <laughs> she got her first. Uh, her singles debuted at number one, which is the first time that that happened. Two of them, two of them. Seven rings. I know seven rings and Mm -hmm. thank you next. Both were debuted at number one, and I believe someone can double check this, but I believe she held the top three positions on the Billboard Hot 100. She did. I'm not sure if she was the first artist to do that, or like the first female, or. Beatles did it. Um, but I know I know she held all three top spots on the Billboard Hot 100, and that is quite impressive. So this album was commercially very successful and very well received upon release, to say the least. Um, So my notable tracks here, I mean, you could say the whole album is like filled with notable tracks, but Bloodline, Bad Idea, Ghost In, In My Head, Seven Rings, Imagine, and Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored. Um, All incredible songs. Um, But I, I, I don't think there's a questionable or a bad song on this album. I think that's why it's her best. Um, like I had to think about, I had to really think about if I had to take one song off the album, which one would it be? Like I had to sit down and really go through it. I ultimately made a decision, but like it was very, very difficult to to do that. Um, I also like that she used her lower register here a lot more. And I, I love that. I love her lower register voice I think it's incredible and I think it's even better that she included it more because it shows that she has a lot more range in her voice people know her for her higher register but that doesn't mean that she can't hit the lower notes just as well because she can and she showed us she could um in my head has one of her best bridges if not her best I loved I love that bridge um yeah, there's nothing more I have to say about that. I think everyone loves that bridge. I mean, In My Head is also probably the best song on the album as well. Just my thought. Um, and Ghostin, I think, is her most emotional and raw and, I don't know if I want to say, maybe mature song, even most mature song. I don't know. I don't know about the mature one. It might be. Um, and I'm really sad that she didn't want it on the album, but it ultimately got pushed onto it anyways by her manager and by her label um but I am really glad that we got to see that side of her you know this more emotional and raw side of her because it's something that she doesn't show as often you know she's always the upbeat pop girl she's got some you know some ballads but this one held a lot of meaning because I think it was about Mac Miller and like that was a huge you know his his death was huge on her especially you know being his being his ex-girlfriend and all probably his soulmate they were probably soulmates um but yeah I I I, you know I enjoyed really hearing that more emotional side of her 
Um, I think it was a very well done song. Um, I don't really see any negatives here for this album. I think the only weak song, quote unquote weak, is Makeup. If I had to remove one, I'd remove that one. That's, it's also the shortest song on the album. Um, that's my, that's my removal. It's not even a bad song. It's just probably the weakest. Um, and it's not my favorite. It's my second favorite. So I don't even know if it's a negative. It's just, it's not my favorite, but I just, I love this album so much and I've, I've loved it since first listen. Yeah. I've loved it since first listen too. I think that Thank You Next is her most concise album. So coming in at only 12 songs, there's not really much filler here at all, if any, like you were saying. The only song I agree with you, Makeup, that song is kind of mad, but every other song on here, I would not. Uh, like, I literally wouldn't. And that's something that can't be said about Ariana Grande's other albums, because I wouldn't argue for cutting some songs. But here I wouldn't, because every single song definitely plays a part within what she's trying to say in some way, shape, or form. And I, I already said this, Ariana does best when she has something to say, when she goes through life changes, and she that happened exactly between the six months of Sweetener and Thank You Max Mac Miller, you know, so that added on to everything that happened before. And she, I really just admire her for, you know, coming back to the scene six months afterwards and coming out with this album. She could have easily took a long break, but like, no, she went back in the studio and made this. So I'm glad this became big for her, got two number ones, and you know, the critical recognition it deserved. Um, if I had to spotlight some songs on here, let's see. I like Needy personally. I think that's a really good one. Um, let's see, NASA. I know, I see a lot of fans hating on NASA here. And it's like, I don't know why. I don't, I really love this song. I feel like maybe it's just like not their style for some reason, but I think it's so catchy. I don't know. I love singing NASA like in the car a lot. <laughs> then um, Fake Smile. I really, really love this song. Fake Smile, I think, is my favorite on here just because I feel like it's relatable to me and I think it's relatable to a lot of other people too. And I believe her on this song. Like, this is a subject matter that I can believe Ariana Grande on. She's a massive celebrity. She's a musician that's, you know, in the public eye while going through all of what she's been through. So this song is definitely very true to the message that she's trying to portray here, which I think is great. Bad idea. Oh, the bass line on this song is so, so good. This has to be a highlight for, like, one of her best productions, you know. And the outro is really, really good. I liked how it kind of, like, serves as a halfway point in the album, you know um ghosting so this this song you know you're saying like ariana didn't want it on there i didn't know that but i feel like this song is completely necessary to the album like thank you next without ghosting like i don't know ghosting just seems like you know it's the ballad it fills that world but it fills it in such a way that's so true to herself you know that shows a new side to her and you know obviously it's gotten a great reception it's a fan favorite deep cut you know in my head, great subject matter, great vocals in it. And I do agree with people. I think it's one of her strongest songs. And then, you know, the singles aren't all bad. I don't think they're as strong as Sweetener singles, but the album closes out with, you know, the three-peat of Seven Rings, Thank You, Max, Break Up With Your Girlfriend, which is good. I think I said this in the Kanye West episode, but like usually the last three songs, there's always at least one filler in there. So that was not the case with this one, which is good. I think this album is definitely a mainstream pop album with like trap influences but i think it's done right so uh yeah i'm a fan of thinking next i know i completely agree and i also think that 
Because I like how, I really like how you said that she does so well when she has something to say, mm-hmm. which is so true. When she has yeah. something she wants to say, she does an incredible job of, yeah. of saying it. And I think that's why her later albums did so well is because, yeah, she, she did go through, and it's a terrible thing, like all the things she's gone through, right? With Manchester, with Mac dying, with her Pete engagement, Davidson. and yeah. then the following breakup with Pete Davidson, and all of that happening in such a short period of time. It's It probably took an emotional toll on her. And then she turned it into these masterpieces, you know, these beautiful pieces of art. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we need to apply her for. So I, I, I loved how you, how you really said that, that she, when she has something to say, she's, she can say it. Cause I completely, I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, this is just an incredible, incredible album. So I, I have nothing more, other than, I have nothing but good things to say about it. I have nothing more to say also about Thank You Next. <laughs> as we move on to her most recent effort, 2020's position, she didn't wait too long to release it, only about a year and a half. So what do you think of this one? Um, so this one also went number one, and it's her most forward album. <laughs> but it's um, kindly. And it was, I guess it came... <laughs> um, it was somewhat of a surprise. Like she she told us we were getting an album that month, I think. And then yeah. she gave it to us. So it was like a kind of a surprise. Um, she wrote a whole album about how happy Dalton makes her in all sorts of ways. You know, it's, it's great. Um, it's kind of like, you know, how Dangerous Woman, she like shed a layer. She's like, I'm not a Nickelodeon star. Well, this time she shed another layer. She's like, I'm, look, I'm going to write a whole album about love and, and sexy times. <laughs> oh I'm trying to, like, be appropriate about this. Yeah. But, so props to her for shedding yet another layer of herself. I love it. I love when I listened to it, I was like, wow, she's um really going for it. So um, I think positions the single the song itself deserves a lot more love i know it's not a huge fan favorite just looking at where people position it and you know how they rank the songs i don't think people tend to like it all too much it's usually in the bottom half of people's lists i really like it um and if you watch the studio sessions you can see the amount of work she put in to create the song i'm telling you if you watch if you just watch it I don't know how she can do it. It, She does it effortlessly, just adding notes effortlessly. And it somehow just sounds that, that incredible. I mean, I've watched it like five times and I, it's still unfathomable how she can do that. Um, So if you have not seen the studio sessions for that song, please watch them because they are incredible. You can see the process behind her making the song and it's great. Um, we haven't discussed features a whole lot in this episode, but I think the features all in this album are all, are all wonderful. I think they all did a very good job. Um, uh, was it Doja Cat, Ty Dolla Sign, and The Weeknd? I think there were only three. Yeah. So, and then of course we got the the remix, the thirty four thirty five remix with Doja and Megan, but that was on the deluxe. So again, I think all of them did a wonderful job. I think they all fit into the album very well 
Off the Table is not my favorite Ariana Weekend collab, um, but I think The Weekend did his thing. He always does his thing. Um, notable tracks, Motive, Just Like Magic, Safety Net, uh, Love Language, Positions, POV, and Nasty. Those are my notable tracks. I think I like, I don't think I like the same songs that most Arianators like. I don't know. Um, but some other notes, the whistle notes in my hair are just, wow. Mm. You know, you, you just when you think you know what Ariana's abilities are, she comes in and throws a curveball. She's like, oh, by the way, I can do this too. She's always got a trick up her sleeve. I swear, the woman can do anything. Um, and I actually really like the outros on this album. I think they're actually really, I don't know, I, there's something about them that I love, especially in positions and love language and safety net. I think the outros are very nicely done. The positions outro is one of my absolute favorites. I I will skip the whole song just to listen to that last part because of how good it sounds. It's like, oh, beautiful. Um, and I think the deluxe tracks are so good that they should have been included on the original album. I think the deluxe tracks are better than like 30% of the original album and they should have been switched out. So, um, some negatives similarly to Sweetener, at least for me, it took me a while to enjoy, genuinely enjoy this album. I didn't like it when I first listened to it at all. And then I listened to it a couple more times and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm starting to like it a little bit more. Okay, I get it. But I think it's one of her less accessible albums. Not that its sound is way too different from what she's released. It's just, I don't know, there's, there's something about, it is a different sound but I don't know there's something about it that I don't really yeah that I don't think people would enjoy upon first listen I think it takes some time um it starts off terribly like the beginning like sh the first song is terrible shut up is terrible <gasps> when I listened to it I was like oh my god this is gonna be a garbage album then I listened to the rest of the album and I was like oh never mind but what like why do you start with that it's so no uh, -uh. and um Oh, I'm gonna hate saying this. I wrote that down. I was like, I'm gonna hate saying this, but some of the tracks are just boring, like straight up boring. Like notably West Side 630. They're so forgettable, so boring. I don't even know what they sound like. And I've listened to the album fully like five times and I still don't know what they sound like. Because that's just how forgettable they are. They're they're just I, I I bore myself listening to them. And I think she should have taken them out and put in the deluxe ones. And I wrote down especially Worst Behavior and Test Drive because I think they would stand out in the album. They got a little bit of a different sound. But that's my take. I like it. It's just... Huh. I think you summed it up right there. <laughs> that would be the word I would describe to use this album or simply just to let down because coming after her last three albums, which I, you know, had in my rotation for so long, Dangerous Woman and Sweet and they're thinking next, like that's a pretty good three P. And I was like, okay, you know, she's heating up here. She has some really good albums. I was waiting for this to be like her magnum opus, if you will, and her like big breakthrough to R and B. Like she was saying she's gonna do R and B. But I really don't think that this is the like R&B I was expecting. It's still very much like watered down and pop oriented. It kind of just seems 
like half baked. That would be another word I would use to describe this album. Half baked. It feels like this album was made in like two weeks. I, I know people say that for thinking next, but it no, it feels like for positions this album was made so quick. Cause the production on here is just very much the same. And I don't, it's like you said, they lose identity a little bit. It's not necessarily in a particularly good way with this album. Maybe, you know, I still need to wait for my time to like love this album, but it hasn't came yet. I know Sweetener, first listen, I wasn't crazy, but it grew on me pretty quick. This one is kind of a little bit different than that. I don't see this one growing on me anytime soon. Maybe I'll need to check it out more. But um, with that being said, you know, I think this album isn't all too bad. I think it's okay. There are some good songs. So I like just like magic. I like this song for some reason. I think it's catchy. I think, you know, it gets me in the mood. You know, I'm like, okay, like <laughs> I get everything I want, you know, like all of that. It's kind of like a bad bitch anthem, you know. Um, I um I like the part where she's like, middle finger to my thumb and then I snap yeah. it. <laughs> I always yep. snap she does that. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was um safety net. This one's probably my favorite song on the album. It's so good. Since the first listen, it's been number one on my rankings. Ty Dolla sounded really good. I was skeptical like how Ty Dolla Sign would do here because he's been on like a lot of features with some other artists I enjoy. And he's kind of ruined the songs. Like I know Christina Aguilera's Accelerate, he was on and like I hated that song when he, when he came in. But this song he did really, really good. It's like good job, Ty Dolla Sign. Um, my hair we talked about really really good one the best part on the album is easily when she does you know the um easily when she goes into her whistle register towards the end like that was the best part in my opinion and you know my hair is like I feel like this was a sound that I was expecting a little bit when she said like R&B but the other songs we didn't really get that in you were saying that like uh west side and 6 30 you didn't enjoy i didn't enjoy 6 30 at all i thought that was bad but i don't know everyone like hates west side i'm not like too critical of it i think it's okay like i thought it, it's short but i thought it was like catchy i don't know i thought the melody was okay on this one. i guess we just have different opinions in obvious i actually think obvious is like pretty catchy but um yeah and then pov like everyone likes that one i don't like it as much as uh everyone does but i still really think it's good i don't think it's her best ballad though but i think it's still really good so yeah that's what i would have to say about that one also i want to say here so i you know i've said throughout this episode that ariana does best when she goes through life changes and you know writes about something that's happened and she's inspired this album's not inspired at all and i think that's where it went wrong you know maybe it's not i wouldn't say it's her fault because it was only a year and a half after Thinking Next came out, so she didn't she didn't have a lot of time to you know experience stuff and write about new things. So you know you know have like sex and stuff like that's not a bad subject matter, but like when the lyricism's not you know those are some of her weaker lyrics. I can't really defend it in that sense. Whereas you know coming off of Thinking Next, which had particularly good songwriting, this was definitely a step down in that aspect. So I'm hoping. My hope for Ariana Grande is that she takes a break. She needs to take a break at least two years, like at least maybe even three years, and then come back with a new sound. You know, if she wants to do R&B, that's fine, but I think she should go deeper into the sound. Or if she wants to do like dance pop, do that, but go deep into the sound. Don't have like this half-baked stuff going on. And then have something to write about. You know, I know she's got married. Maybe she can like write about some new um 
you know, inspirations with that, you know, just get some like new creative juices or something and work with a new producer. Maybe that will be good for her. Maybe like that'll bring a new side out of her, but that's my hopes for her future um, judging based off of this album. I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it's good. That's just always been my thoughts on it. And also the deluxe tracks. I do think the deluxe tracks are good though. I think that brings up the album that worst behavior is like really catchy. So uh, that's my favorite one, but yeah, that's my thoughts on positions. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you I think you make really good points. I think that because Thank You Next was so good mm-hmm. that that's why this felt like such a letdown. Yeah. I think if Thank You Thank You Next wasn't as good as it was, mm-hmm. this probably would actually look a lot better. Because I know that she wasn't inspired in like really dramatic ways, but she did find the love of her life in this yeah, time period. Right. And she was yeah. dating him for like six months or eight months or something. I don't remember the time frame, but like she found the love of her life. She's she just married the guy, so I guess he was her inspiration, and like his love was her inspiration for this album. But again, I think it just wasn't as well done, and I think because of our expectations, we were a lot more let down than we would have been. Well, I think it's not only Thank You Next, but also Dangerous Woman and Sweetener were good. So that's three albums in a row that she's got good there. And I was like really, you know, looking forward to having an album that's like, you know, the step up. Because I'm like, if she's kind of, I feel like each one was kind of better than the other. So I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be her magnum opus. Like totally, I'm going to fall in love with her. I'm going to be an Arianator. But it just wasn't the case for me. So that could be why I was a little bit disappointed. But I don't think this is that bad. I don't think it's her worst album. But speaking of which, we're going to go into our final rankings for the albums now worst to best so you go first Venetia so for me personally um I think last place is going to yours truly that doesn't make it a bad album every I love every Ariana Grande album I feel like I should preface this I love every Ariana Grande album (laughs) with that yours truly number five is my everything four is positions three is sweetener two is thank you next and number one is dangerous woman Okay, so I have um, two rankings here, just with one minor change. So best to worst, really quick, is six, um, my everything, five years truly, four positions, three, um, dangerous woman, two, sweetener, and then one, thank you, next. And then dangerous woman is my personal favorite. The order would be the same for personal favorites, just dangerous woman, number one, just because I like that album just for some reason, I think it may be like maybe nostalgia a little bit or the pop sound, but just for some reason, I don't have a good reason for why it is. I just think most of my favorite songs are on there, but as a body of work, I don't think it's your best. So yeah, just. No, I, I, I agree with your like best mm-hmm. to worst. I said like my, by my, I said what I like listening to, yeah. but I agree best uh-huh. to worst. That's pretty much yeah, how I would put it. Too. Well, I said that because my order is literally the same. It's just one little change. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But basically, that's all we have for this. Yeah. Episode. That's all we have for today. Thank you guys for joining in. Um, we had a lot of fun with this one, especially me because I'm a big fan of hers, but I'm not an RE native. I, I, don't, I don't claim to be one, um, but I, I love her music. So we had a lot of fun with this. And next week's next episode, not week, next episode, we are going to be talking about our favorite music videos of all time which is an interesting topic choice of ours but we're really excited to 
delve into that a little bit more because I think music videos play a large role in us enjoying the music and an artist showing off their artistry. So we can't wait to talk about that more with you guys. So until next time, it's goodbye from Venetia and from Dylan. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you guys.